Invest in yourself today with our Insider Pro product, which gives you the career path to reach the next step in your cybersecurity journey. Join today on Cyberate.it using the discount code PODCAST. In this episode of the Cyberate Podcast, we sit down with Grant McCracken, the Senior Director of Program and Security Operations for BugCrowd, along with Michael Skelton, the Global Head of Security Operations and Researcher Enablement for BugCrowd. Speaking with myself, Thomas Horlocker, the Head of Creative Services for Cyberate, we discuss the current talent gap in the industry and whether it is more of an opportunity gap. All right, we are here with the Cyberry Podcast at RSA 2020. I am here today with two people from Bug Crowd, Grant McCracken and Michael Skelton. Thanks for uh, showing up today, guys, and sitting and talking with me. Yeah, thank you. Cool. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, thanks. Uh, so uh, with the uh, theme of RSA this year being the human element, uh, we kind of are doing a little series on the uh, the talent gap in the industry this year. As we first started talking, Michael, you immediately said that you disagreed with it. Um, so I'm really interested to hear kind of your thoughts on the subject and uh, kind of go from there. Yeah, so um, I don't think there's necessarily a talent gap as there is an expectations gap. I think there's a lot of talented people that can't connect with the roles and a lot of people hiring for roles that can't connect with the people um, purely by how they're pitched or remunerated and various different elements that we can kind of expand on here. Um, but very strongly disagree um, in terms of they're saying there's a raw skills gap. I think it's underestimating and underscoping the problem. Mm-hmm. And Grant, what, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? I think... I definitely struggle to hire, right? So, like, it, it feels like there's a skills gap. I I am inclined uh, at Bug Crowd. We do have a ton of talent, right? And you see a ton of really smart people that are out there um, that are willing to do the work. So, I know that the people exist, and I think that you know there's definitely value in getting more people to be educated. I don't I don't want to say that there's there's no value in 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 continuing to increase the number of security professionals because ideally at some point everybody's engaged in security at some point or at some level but um i definitely i definitely feel that there is um there's there's something of a gap where i'm trying to hire for security positions Mm -hmm. and i'm just it it takes forever to close those close those roles so that might be and i i i don't know i i don't have the I don't have the complete answer, but I do think that um, at least in terms of what Bug Crowd offers, and I'm not trying to pitch Bug Crowd as yeah. part of this, <laughs> but I think that Bug Crowd fits very nicely into that space in the sense that we have that talent and the talent is is, is expansive and it is there. And so that goes to Michael's point that the talent... The, it exists and it's out there and we can deploy that talent onto whatever security needs that people have. So mm-hmm. if you need a pen test, if you need uh, people to do recon, if you have need people to do code review, right? We've got people in the crowd and all the crowd is, is an amalgamation of a bunch of individuals. Yeah. So again, the idea that is that the talent is out there. Um, I can get behind that. Uh, how do we hire that talent into businesses? That's a little more complicated, but uh, how Bug Crowd handles that equation is, I think, a pretty good answer for for the need, at least in the industry. Yeah, and there seems to be kind of some disconnect where you were speaking earlier, Michael, is that um, sometimes if you want to switch from one role to another, you know, some roles, you know, they're asking for many, many years of experience where you might not have the experience in that particular role, but, you know, you might still be able to do the position, but the people hiring for it or, you know, the companies looking at it just don't always see that. And they're looking for your specific set of skills or something, you know, along those lines where they're just looking for that 
immediately? Yeah, so I mean, I was a software developer for quite a while and um, quite active. You know, I was active on on Bugcrowd and some other places. I was pretty well ranked and uh, pretty active on GitHub. So um, I went for pen testing roles because I wanted to expand my experience. I've been doing internal security and I felt like I'd capped out and I wanted smart people around me to kind of challenge and push me. Um, and it took me almost two years to land a pen testing role specifically. Like I had a number of offers, but the problem was that um, already being a software developer re-specializing, there was unrealistic expectations for salary drops mm -hmm. that uh, even if I personally wanted to take them, I had a family to support and it was unfair for me to um, you know, uh, put that pressure on my family to make that transition. And so, you know, it, the, the hilarious thing about it, like once I became a pen tester, um, there was already internal wikis on tools and stuff that I'd written. So it was quite, um, you know, work that I'd done had, had um, penetrated different parts of the industry. But for me to actually break in, um, things just didn't align, even though, you know, I was fully remote within a week. And um, obviously with the caveat that I was heavily in touch with teams and getting training, but I was able to do the job. Yeah. Um, and I think that highlighted to me, at least early on uh, in the pen testing space, there, there, you know, there's people there, but salary doesn't line up or the work experience doesn't line up. Um, and then further, as I've gotten down, um, uh, Ricky Burke, a recruiter in Australia, and I run an uh, ad hoc uh, mentoring program. Uh, so we go over Twitter and on our own time, we partner people with mentors. Um, and we've noticed that it's extremely difficult to partner juniors because there's uh, people that advertise intakes and don't follow through or people that advertise intakes and don't properly support that uh, as an industry, we're really failing people who are uh, coming out of university and trying to build up. Um, and culturally, we tend to look down on those people and say, oh, well, you know, it's a specialization. You must have done software development. You must have done infrastructure, which is fundamentally um, the wrong way to look at the problem because skills can be taught. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that I've met within the industry that didn't go to school or anything for software development and they just kind of learned it after the fact. I mean, mm. I myself, I went to film school, uh, started off in like IT help desk role and then uh, was moved on to an engineering team and then was taught by the other engineers on my team how to do my position. Um, I mean, is that something that you're seeing other companies trying to do is um, kind of hiring on lower skill level people and then trying to skill them up? There's some companies doing it. Like, I don't want to say no one's doing it. There are companies doing it. Um, but there are a lot of companies that are, um, there's people in those companies publicly being like, oh, you know, there's a skills gap. There's a skills gap. But they're doing nothing about it. Mm -hmm. And it's completely hypocritical to point at the problem but not be then trying to solve it. Um, you know, and I, I think that, it, you know, as I touched on, some of those programs just aren't set up to allow those people to succeed. Mm -hmm. There's too much expectation put over it or... Um, they want people to be billable, you know, within a month so they can start making a return and they're not giving people the runway they need to build the skills to actually prove themselves. Yeah, I mean, it does It does take a little bit, you know, it does take investment on a company side to invest in somebody to come on. I mean, for certain positions, I mean, you're not going to be able to get skilled up in a month or two. Sometimes it might take, you know, four or five months to skill up yeah, just I mean, to get somebody to fit into a role. If you're, if you're expecting someone who's not been a pen tester before, who's out of uni to be billable within a three-month window, I think you're really uh, diluting what the job entails because mm -hmm. they both have to build the soft skills, the reporting skills, the client communication skills, as well as the technical skills to round themselves out. 
Um, the best way I've seen it done is when, you know, they put these people through a shadow program, so they're shadowing pen testers for a while, but it's not uh, universal. And I've spoken equally to people who have approached us for the mentoring program that are like, hey, I just need a mentor because, you know, I'm being made billable and I don't feel like I've got a path to improve. And that's fundamentally a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a great thing that you mentioned on that you're kind of um, setting people up with mentors because, I mean, I think that's a huge thing is that, I mean, their community is so large and, I mean, there's a lot of people coming into it fresh off who don't really have a background or anything and sometimes it's just getting paired with somebody who's been in it for a while that can kind of tell you, you know, what you should kind of try out, where you can learn some things and, you know, uh, help yeah, you out along yeah. the way. I mean, to, to expand on the, exp- on the expectations problem, I think Grant can elaborate on this too. It's also that... Um, the other side of the problem is not just the it's not just the companies that we should really focus on there, but the individuals as well. Is mm-hmm. everyone wants to be a pen tester, and those roles are less supportive of a junior intake than, say, a defensive role or an analyst role. Um, and additionally, there's fewer of them realistically. Mm-hmm. But it's also the thing that's um, quote unquote the cool thing to do. Yeah. And so everyone kind of wants to go down that path, and the unfortunate. You know, reality is that not everyone can be a pen tester. We need defensive people. Yeah. And uh, I, I come from a pen testing background, so you know, a lot of what I speak to is from there. But I genuinely think defensive people are, in many cases, more skilled and more well-rounded than pen testers. It's just that um, that isn't messaging that we push out there because ultimately a defensive person can't talk about their job the same way that an offensive person can. And likewise, like uh, people in positions like Grant, my own, can't really talk about what we do all the time because there's going to be industry and IP constraints around that. So um, it's also making sure that those looking for roles are aware that there's a broader industry and a broader Mm -hmm. range of options there for them. Yeah, I mean, maybe going into, you know, if you want to eventually be a pen tester, maybe starting in a different position or something like that. If if you wanted to be a pen tester and you started in the blue team, you were going to rock that role. Like Mm -hmm. if you understand what is happening um like you could work on a red team extremely effectively um you know i've I've been a pen tester and i I genuinely believe i have a lot of black spots in my knowledge that someone who did a year in a sock would just blow past me and really know uh you know what people are looking for and how they're ingesting content so Grant, any thoughts? <laughs> Sorry, I want to keep. Uh, kind of I, I mean, you. We're, we're having this conversation, and I'm and I'm thinking in my head at the same time. You know, how do we solve this? Right? Yeah. Um, uh, getting people, giving people the opportunity to learn, and and the the I guess the the backing to to go out and and build marketable skills. I think that. Um, I mean, it's, it's a big question mark. And it, I mean, it's something that I care about uh, personally. Um, uh, I did a, a five-hour uh, training session at B-Sides this weekend, okay. uh, trying to introduce people to the idea of web application security. And, mm-hmm. and it had a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds in there. And everybody walked away with something new. You had network engineers learning something new. You had uh, software developers learning something new. So um, I think... I don't know. Just making it more more rounded. Uh, maybe maybe talking about security more in the in the space that people just do their general education. I, I haven't gone through uh, you know college or or well, I mean, I did go to college, but yeah. like I haven't gone through the system as far as what's what's in a CS major or what people doing mm-hmm. uh, you know their masters in computer science are seeing these days. But um, I don't know. I think it'd be really interesting to to see and understand. Um, 
how we can how we can get these skills that Michael is talking about and and these opportunities in front of people uh, because there's a lot of there's a lot of ambition out there there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of smart people there's a lot of ambitious people how do we connect them with the the ideas and the opportunities uh, to to go out and grow and uh, create what we need. Yeah, maybe it's going off kind of what both of you are saying is, you know, maybe there's not a skills gap or a talent gap. Maybe it's an opportunity gap. Maybe we just need to, you know, mix people in with the opportunity to, to you know, start a new career, kind of go yeah, with what well, they want to do. You know, expanding pipeline. I don't want it to be seen like we're, we're hypocrites in this as well. Like we've already started exploring how do we solve this ourselves yeah. um, for the same reason. Like it, it, there's multiple benefits that we flagged. Um, you know, in terms of like increasing career pathways, is it's a great thing. The, the more retention you can get out of that, um, but yeah, like we have hit on this same thing. Like we, I, I don't want to sound cold to the problem. Like I understand the challenges there. We're looking at it yeah. ourselves. Um, I think the problem is the dialogue around the problem is so fixated on there being a skills gap that it, it's it's preventing us from stepping back and kind of questioning the why everyone's talking about how by 2025 20, we're going to be in this position and all mm -hmm. that and it's just such a bad approach to solving something um that it would be great if more people were like well you know i tried a junior program and i failed on this and this point but this is what we got right and that's yeah. kind of what we're hoping to do and how we're approaching it um you know, like the initial thing we hit on, um, neither Grant nor I, despite having the skills, have the capacity to teach these people. So yeah. the first thing we've done is to hire an individual to come in and train those people. Um, and so, we, we, you know, we approached a pen tester and we're like, hey, we want you to teach uh, security people for bug crowd. Um, and it needs to be someone's full time role. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the first problem that we hit on solving that if I had to say one thing most organizations get wrong, you know, if you're a junior pen tester, you've got a shadowing program and all that, but there's no one dedicated to teach and to train. Yeah. And despite uh, most pen testing firms teaching and talking about education, um, the number of pen testers you talk to that ever received any internally is near nil. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, there'll be usually internal stuff you can do on your own time, but you're not allocated the billable time to do it. Um, that's not universal. I mean, I, I've worked for an organization that didn't take that chance, but it's a pretty common uh, sentiment. Um, you know, mostly because we're still kind of in the age of boutiques as well. There's a lot of small startups and uh, small pen testing firms that are in the position of, well, billable is, you know, the key priority. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, like, I mean, for even for smaller companies, I mean, looking for somebody in this space, I mean, how do you compete with larger companies that might be able to throw benefits and like certain money at people, but smaller companies still need you know, infosec people on their teams. Yeah, so I think for us, uh, the the approach that we're taking is uh, creating the right benefit. So we're looking at um, approaching people that are already in university mm -hmm. and being completely flexible and supportive of that and working around study um, and providing remote working opportunities for people in that position to learn and to grow experience um, and making sure that we have, um, you know, we, we can't compete on price with, you know, a top tier pen test firm and we we were trying to instead tackle this from well how do we compete and get people into the career quicker on the understand you know they may graduate from us and go join a blue or a red team somewhere um to grow their career but uh, we would be able to get uh, value out of them if we can shorten our training pathway by having someone full-time to accelerate that mm -hmm. Um, and to support them through that so that we can still see a return on that approach. Yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic thing that you guys are doing at BugCrowd is kind of giving people the opportunity to go through training, you know, internally, because that's something that you hear every, every now and then is that people are wary about training their people internally, that they're going to gain the skills here and then use them and go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I think that Grant and I were both kind of like aware of the opinion that 
you know, as long as we can shorten the runway to, um, like, I don't want to make it too short, as I like touched on, it can be too short and it can be a problem, but we want to make sure that we're um, putting as much supporting foundation around them uh, that we see a benefit even if they do um, churn out and we do have a low retention there that we're still setting them up for success um, and building a good relationship with them because ultimately for our platform as well, uh, if we teach these people in security and they go outwards, they can still come back to us as a researcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do get a dual benefit from that that potentially doesn't exist in, in you know a SOC or a blue team or red team. Um, but that's essentially been how we're... I mean, we could be wrong. We might have this discussion a year from now and be like, you know, that didn't work. Um, but our initial thoughts between the two of us, talking it through, we think it's just uh, get the right trainer, which I think we've done, yeah. and uh, get the right approach to be flexible with their studies. Yeah, well, fantastic. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that's a good approach to take, and um, hopefully it, it definitely works out for you guys. Uh, thank you for your time. I mean, do you guys have any clothing, closing thoughts or anything on what we've been talking about? I mean, you got, you've got me, uh, I've got more questions than answers as a <laughs> yeah, result yeah, of this. Me too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, part of me wants to somehow say that bug bounty fits into this, and I think it does. It mm-hmm. gives people an opportunity. So say you don't have a background in security. How do you go out and develop those skills? You can go out and, and do them via bug bounty. And, and um, so it's an opportunity to, to build and create a skill set and to show, you know, there, there's something that eventually Bug Crowd wants to do uh, is, is have a way for you to showcase what you're doing. Uh, so we can allow researchers to come in and, and potentially get jobs and we can potentially connect researchers as well. And I'm not saying we're like a, a job board for, for researchers or something like that, but um, we've definitely done that, right? People that have been very successful against certain clients, they eventually get employed by those clients. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, in a, in a, in a, in a uh, sort of related tangent, uh, Michael was really successful on the Bug Crowd platform, and that's what enabled him to, to, you know, or us to be able to say, okay, yeah, we know, we know what you're capable of, and come join us. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, even even before that too, like it was my. Uh, success in bug bounties and able to refine my skill set on bug bounties that allowed me to work as a pen tester in a pretty quick window. Yeah. Um, you know, it was having something to test on outside of um, courses. Like, you know, I, I did the OSCP labs and stuff like that, but I wanted a more modern day experience. Yeah. And uh, it was bug bounties that provided that for me. And it also gave me more direct uh, web experience where a lot of the educational content focuses on uh, um, network engineering and network problems, not network engineering, but network security, mm-hmm. uh, which is the smallest part of a pen tester's workday typically these days. Yeah. Okay, well, thank yeah. you guys. I appreciate uh, the time. Uh, thank you for stopping by and speaking with us. Thank you. Cool. Thanks. Hey, this is Thor. Thanks for listening to the Cyberry podcast, and make sure to check back next Wednesday for our newest episode.